God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And, uh, you know, a lot, lot's going on. A lot happened. Uh, we got the symposium out in uh, South Dakota. And uh, that is revealing a lot of exciting new information. Stuff I think we've already suspected and knew um, for a whole host of reasons. We could look at the Bozo the clown guy that's occupying the White House right now and see that, you know, he can't even find his way from the, from Marine One to the the door in the White House. I mean, yesterday or the day before, um, there was video footage of, of, of uh, Biden uh, and not being able to figure his way back to the Oval Office. Uh, the title on the Gateway Punt, it says, Handler points to show Joe Biden where to walk after he wanders off course when returning <clears throat> to White House from Delaware. So it's just, um, you know he's not running the show. You know that there's a whole team of people that are radically liberal that are running the show in D.C. And, you know, it kind of... Uh, it kind of makes you think about what's actually going on. I mean, they they sold out 19 senators, Republican senators, sold out to the infrastructure deal. And that's pretty, pretty uh, disturbing as well because they're spending too much money and it's not going for border security. It's all about social justice and equity versus equality. You know, for those people that talk about, I was looking at this one little story, wasn't worth reporting on too much, but there was a class uh, being held about equality. Uh, they, they always throw this word around, equality. But what they're really getting at is equity. And they, they um, I would love to go up and ask these people, when they start 
saying we're pushing for equality. I would love to ask the question, and I, I want all of you to ask the same question. When people start talking about the deficiencies of equality, what you need to do is ask those people what laws are on the books that would get in the way of equality. What law? What laws are discriminating uh, uh, against one group on behalf of another group? What law is on the books that does that? And that is the only question you need to ask. So whenever you hear people talking about equality and how we need to fight for equality, what they're really fighting for is equity. And so anytime somebody says, I'm fighting for equality, that sounds great. But what you need to do is you need to ask them the question, and this is the only question, is what law, what the, what, give me a list of laws that you're fixing to change. Tell me what your mission is. Tell me what laws that need to be changed. Please tell me. Because I really don't believe there are many laws that are unfair. I mean, the Constitution has got to be one of the fairest documents on the planet. And where it fell short, we have amendments. And so that's the beautiful thing about having a Constitution where you can add amendments. It takes two-thirds majority or something like that. It's got to be overwhelming. But you tell me, we've been in business now for what? 200 and some odd years. A lot of years. It's high time we start asking these people about it. And when they can't come up with a law, when they can't come up with a law, you'd say, well, okay, you have a mission statement that says you want to correct equality. That's your mission statement. Surely you've prepared and you know exactly what your line of attack is going to be. So it's got to be in the form of changing laws. Because if you're going to tell me and sit here and tell me that you got a person that's not hiring properly or not doing something properly and in violation of the law, well then, maybe you just litigate the person. You know, maybe you sue the person for violating the law. Maybe you call the cops and have the cops look at the lawbreaker. Because the law is the law. We are a nation of laws. But of course, we know what's going on. Everybody that's talking about equality, I'm all for equality, you know, that kind of thing. I'm all about equality. They're all about equity. That's socialism. 101. Where you take money out of one person's pocket and give it to another. So you give it, you know, you take take money from Peter to pay Paul, you could always depend on Paul's support. You're buying votes. Wow, that sounds illegal. Buying votes with taxpayers' dollars? I'm going to take money out of your pocket 
I'm going to spend it on this group of voters over here. And in essence, I'm going to benefit from this new group of voters that I just bought. Thanks to who? Thanks to me? No, thanks to you. You just actually helped me get elected. Because you allowed me to take money out of your pocket and buy a group of voters over here. That's going to get me more powerful, more more greasy palm deals, more kickbacks, more black market opportunities. You know, I forever in the day believe that the whole reason why Barack Obama only gave Ukraine blankets and pillows was because John McCain and Lindsey Graham said, we got the military, we got the weapons covered. It's on the black market. You scratch our back, we'll scratch yours when it comes to the Iranian nuclear deal that's going to be $150 billion worth of slush fund that's going to make a lot of people rich and give us a lot of leverage and make us the boss and the talk of the town in D.C. We're going to make everybody rich on your way out. We'll call it your golden parachute, Barack. I believe that's what happened. They pushed that Iranian nuclear deal through before Brock left his office. But I believe that the, the whole thing about not giving Javelin missiles, tank buster missiles that they needed, and then all of a sudden Trump shows up and is like, yeah, of course you need Javelin missiles. We'll just go ahead and make sure you get them. And people like Lindsey Graham didn't like that because that took away their black market opportunity. Amy Klobuchar, Lindsey Graham, John McCain, they were all acting like they were the boss, traveling around, red carpet treatment, probably a bunch of escorts, making them feel like big, powerful men when they're nothing. They're nothing but a snake oil salesman. And Lindsey Graham, he got himself elected because he, the folks in South Carolina were duped. The SCGOP stopped the primary so that they could protect Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham saw to it that that happened. And they used Trump as an escape route. They made Trump the scapegoat on that. And they used COVID, I think, a little bit. Or was that prior? No? No, that was COVID. So, they used all that to try to get Lindsey Graham into power. So, Lindsey Graham has six years ahead of him. So does Mitch McConnell. And Mitch McConnell is now selling out America completely betraying, endorsing the wrong candidates, aligning himself with the RNC GOP leadership like Ronna McDaniel. And not one of them is actually making a fuss over the election fraud. Not one of them is making a fuss over the J6, January 6th incarcerations. The political dissidents that are sitting and rotting in jail right now, and yet Marco Rubio and all these Republicans want to talk about 
the freedoms of Cuba. We got to protect that Cuban vote. We got to double down and protect Cuba. And we can get that Cuban vote. That's a crumb. That's a crumb. So you save Florida, but you you lose so much more. And they're so short-sighted. And you know why they're so stupid? Because they never had to make payroll. They never had to dig deep. They never had to scratch and claw. They just sort of got put into place. You know, people get written in on ballots to gain power. And it's a sad, sad state of affairs. The way politics is done. You know, I was watching this one show where they said, you'll be the only person on the ticket. And all you got to do is write yourself in and, and that's all you need to do. Meanwhile, nobody's even talking about Section 230 right now. And nobody's even talking about censorship and how the Republican voice is being silenced in America. It seems like the only person that's actually doing anything is someone like Rand Paul. And you just got to wonder what gives? What is going on? And um, actually, I wanted to play a uh, a clip from Rand Paul. And we have a couple, we have a lot of uh, audio clips today. Um, but yeah, here it is. Okay, so I'm I'm getting it now. It's uh, it just wasn't where I expected it to be. But here we go. So I want you to take a listen to Rand Paul, who's going to basically talk about the censorship, how he's been censored on on Facebook. I mean, uh, censored on uh, YouTube. We cannot live this way. This is, uh, and it just goes to show you, when you see this stuff, it goes to show you one thing. What it shows you is it shows you that liberals in their heart of hearts will lie to you like Mark Zuckerberg did and like Jack Dorsey did and they will censor you and they won't even be shy about it. These people that are have already reached the pinnacle of power, they're bigger than countries. They could actually strong arm and muscle countries as we were saying yesterday. Well, these are the people that you have to worry about the most. They've showed their true colors. What makes them any different than any other liberal? Not much. Let's take a listen to Rand Paul. Recently, I shared a video on my YouTube page. It was an interview between myself and a journalist where we discussed a variety of topics, including the science behind wearing masks. Apparently, because I dared to contradict Dr. Fauci and the government, YouTube has removed my video. If you want to see the video, it's up on rumble.com. Rumble.com does not censor the news. YouTube said the video violated their policy because of my comments on masks and that they don't allow videos that contradict government's guidance on COVID. YouTube may be a private entity, but they're acting like an arm of the government, censoring those who present an alternative view to the science deniers in Washington. People like Dr. Fauci, who have lied to the American people time and time again about masks. Here's the thing. 
What I said in that video is actual science. Most of the masks you get over the counter don't work. They don't prevent infection. Saying cloth masks work when they don't actually risks lives as someone may choose to care for a loved one with COVID while only wearing a cloth mask. This is not only bad advice, but also potentially deadly misinformation. What I said in the interview that YouTube censored is the truth. It's fact. If you want to hear exactly what I said, go ahead and check out the video on my Rumble channel. The channel's name is Rand Paul. Here's some of the science for the YouTube science deniers. A Danish study of 6,000 participants found that wearing a surgical mask did not significantly reduce a person's risk of COVID-19 infection compared to the risks facing those who did not wear masks. A Vietnamese study of 1,600 participants found that cloth masks allow for 97% penetration of particles the same size as the virus. This study also found that cloth mask wearers had a higher rate of infection than the control group who wore no masks. Now, when it comes to N95 masks, I have always said that those do work. Dr. Fauci knew that too, which is why he originally lied to the public and said that the masks don't work. He feared not enough health workers would be able to buy N95 masks if the public were buying them. He justified his lies by explaining that he was trying to shape human behavior. Like so many Fauciism, he lies to us for our own good, or so he believes. Ask any doctor or nurse what mask they wear when they go into a COVID patient's room. Only an N95 mask because the other masks don't work. Trying to shape human behavior isn't the same as following the actual science, which tells us that cloth masks don't work. Censorship by YouTube is very dangerous as it stifles debate and promotes groupthink, where the truth is defined by people with a political agenda. If you want unfiltered news, go to rumble.com. So that's an interesting uh, tidbit. And we played the clip yesterday of Dan uh, Stock. And um, we're going to go ahead and we're, we're also, remember we said we were going to play that again and we never got around to uh, playing that. Uh, well, I was very inspired by that, uh, you know, the, what we were listening to, actually. And I wrote a uh, multi-threaded uh, tweet. And I want to read that to you um, because I thought it was um, it was an interesting little tidbit that I came up with. Um, and I learned a new phrase yesterday, too. It was called viral uh, viral shredding. Uh, viral shedding and vaccines. And uh, I'm going to get to that in a second. I want to read to you about viral shedding. Uh, in addition to what Rand Paul just said about masks not working. But I wrote this. I wrote this in response to um, Dan Scott Stock. So Dan Stock, we're going to hear it again today. Um, and a lot of people on the left are panicking about that statement because this was a doctor that came out and basically said masks don't work. He was in line with Rand Paul there. But what he also talked about was a mump study uh, with the NHL in 2014. And what he was talking about was that there was a group that was not exposed to people who were infected with the mumps. And they were only ex uh, exposed to people that had the vaccine. 
Well, the vaccine uh, basically gives you a little blueprint of the virus. Now, the argument being made is that the vaccines that, that are going on right now aren't really vaccines. And they can't force you to take these things. That's why I think that the FDA and the jurisprudence associated with the litigate, you know, the this encounter uh, is going to be very, very troublesome because they're in asking you to inject poison into your arm. It's not even a vaccine. It's not classified as a vaccine. A vaccine generally has the flu-like symptom in it. If it's a flu vaccine, it has the flu. It has a strain of the flu. So what is what is this vaccine? Some sort of spike protein and whatnot. I mean, there's been studies that have broken it down and people are questioning what the heck you're putting in your arm to begin with. And so when Dr. Dan Stock, who we're going to hear in a moment and who we listened to yesterday, talk about this NHL mumps study, what he was talking about was vaccine shedding. And I didn't understand a lot of that until I looked into it. Now I do understand it. When people get a vaccine, they're getting a dose of that virus. And somehow it was shedding through aerosol. And again, the the, the, uh, interesting little footnote to this is that the vaccines that were given aren't the ones that they don't have the backs they don't have the actual virus in it so basically you can't shed what's not there so that's that's the caveat to the fact checker but when vaccines shed vaccine shedding that meant that these NHL people that were not exposed to people with the mumps but were exposed to people who had the vaccine against the mumps were actually coming down with the mumps because they were exposed to the vaccine shedding that was going on. That was that was kind of the interesting little point to that. And that was one of the profound things that happened when Dan Stock was talking. And naturally, he didn't use the COVID example, he used the mumps example. But in this case, I wrote this. I said, asking for a friend. If vaccines don't prevent you from getting COVID and there's a there is questionable, if not marginal disparity of viral load levels between those vaccinated and unvaccinated. There were new Pfizer studies. I'm going to break this down that that suggested that people who got the vaccine and people who are not vaccinated, when they would get exposed to COVID-19, their viral load would be measurable and they were very consistent. Like they're trying to say, like Lindsey Graham said yesterday on the floor, after coming back from COVID-19, he said, take the vaccine. He says, I can, I'm doggone sure that uh, uh, I did better because I had the vaccine and I want everybody to get the vaccine. I definitely think that there's a lot of dividends going around a lot of investors in the Senate uh, for pharmaceutical companies that are getting rich off of this. Uh, it seems to be a weird consensus. The only one that seems to be bucking the trend is someone like Rand Paul, who just quoted study after study. You know, he quoted the Danish study. He quoted the Korean study, basically saying the cloth masks aren't effective at all. 
So what the hell are we doing wearing them? And if they're not effective at all, then look at the numbers. And then we're going to hear, hear something more about herd immunity because there's always going to be a, a new variant. And it's, it's going to be, and like Dan Stock said, and what we're going to hear in a moment, um, you're never going to get, vaccines are never going to stop the virus. And vaccinated people always, they're not going to not get the virus. If you have a flu vaccine, you could still get the flu. It's just going to maybe help you deal with it a little bit better. But if you have the vaccine, you're still going to be exposed to vaccine. But now we're hearing that this vaccine, because it's not really a vaccine, that the jab is not really a vaccine. That's the problem. That's what everybody's objecting to. This isn't a true vaccine. And so what's happening is there's vaccine shedding. Some people are arguing that maybe the vaccine is spreading the virus through shedding. That that uh, you're starting to see this new spike in countries. And guess what? 12 of the 13 countries that are on travel bans right now that are being hit hardest with a spike in cases are the ones that have the highest ratio of vaccinated. So the countries that have the most adaptation for being vaccinated, the ones that have vaccinated the most are the ones that are having the biggest problem. And the question is, are the vaccinated people spreading the virus? Because the more, more, the more in the millions you get with the vaccinated, then there could be this thing called vaccine shedding. And the vaccine shedding could be spreading the virus, particularly to the unvaccinated. And then the unvaccinated get sick because they got the vac- they got the covid from the vaccinated and you know that could be an interesting thing as to why the government is pushing so hard for everybody to get vaccinated and they're trying to blame the unvaccinated but they're not telling you the truth they're saying it's the unvaccinated that's causing this problem that's what they're saying and they're dividing america every time they say it And that's the problem. And they need to stop doing it. So I'm going to go ahead and read this. um, uh, I'm going to go ahead and read this uh, uh, tweet I laid out in response to it. It says, asking for a friend if vaccines don't prevent you from getting COVID and there is questionable, if not marginal, disparity of viral load levels between those vaccinated and unvaccinated. And viral load levels correlate with whether an individual is symptomatic or asymptomatic. And Fauci has suggested, first, that asymptomatic spread of viruses is rare, and then later changed it, his mind, and said that asymptomatic people can spread COVID without knowing, which was the entire uh, was the cause for the entire world to shut down was that one simple little factoid that he came up with. He said asymptomatic can spread, which meant we had to shut down the entire world. 
then what the hell are we doing? What are we doing? I don't think the CDC knows exactly what they're doing. I think that they're playing politics with our lives. And I'm going to say, caller, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. Jonathan. Jonathan from Pennsylvania. Yeah, I was in Pennsylvania. Now I'm up at Maple Shade. Okay. Uh, in New Jersey. Okay. Um, uh, two two subjects. One, uh, the masks and the vaccine. Um, vaccine setting. Um, the masks uh, help a little bit in this regard. The the virus is it's airborne, but it's heavier than air. So it's like dust. It goes out and it gr- gradually falls to the ground. The less it goes out and the faster it falls to the ground, the less contagious it is. So the masks don't really stop the virus, but if someone with the virus is wearing a mask, it doesn't project nearly as far. Instead of going 10 feet, it may only go a foot, and then it's less energetic and falls to the ground faster. So the masks don't really stop the virus from going in and out, but it reduces the trans transmissibility. Okay, I get, we get okay. that. So I I disagree with uh, Rand Paul and that doctor. I heard that though. Um, now the the virus shedding. What he was saying, I believe, was that the virus, when you get a vaccination, it doesn't stop you from getting the virus. Right. It stops you from getting bad symptoms with the virus, but you still get the virus. So, and when you have the virus, it's like somebody somebody who's asymptomatic. Uh, Well, it is somebody who's asymptomatic if you get the vaccine and, and don't really come down with the virus. You still have the virus. You're asymptomatic, but you're still shedding. You maybe not have as bad, and you don't shed as much, but you're still... Um, putting off virus particles that someone else can catch so that uh, these people who had the mumps and had the vaccine, they were still getting the virus and shedding the virus and other people were getting it. The vaccine doesn't stop the virus from, from being transmitted. Right. It stops the virus from being infecting people very badly. Right. Okay. okay. So let me read this to you. Viral shedding can occur following... This is from the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, CHOP. Uh, Viral shedding can occur following vaccination if the vaccine contains live, weakened viruses because that type of vaccine causes immunity through viral reproduction. Examples of routinely used live, weakened vaccine include measles, mumps, and rubella, Uh, chickenpox, rotavirus, and intranasal influenza vaccines. The oral polio vaccine also contains live weakened virus. While OPV is no longer used in the United States, it's still used in some other countries. The yellow fever vaccine, while not routinely used in the U.S., is also a live weakened vaccine. The new COVID-19 vaccines being used in the U.S. do not contain live virus. So they are not capable of causing shedding, but we will uh, get to and then they they get to that below. So I mean, basically, what is this? It's not a vaccine. 
what kind of vaccine is this uh, COVID vaccine, the Pfizer vaccines and these RNA vaccines? If they don't have the virus in them, then what are they actually doing to stop, to help you what, stop? What they do is they have an artificial spike protein um, that's, that's similar to the, um, it's similar to the COVID spike protein. And it produces a similar response, but it's not. It's only a response to the to that exact vaccine spike protein. Right. And so, and what happens when this goes in, into the body? When this vaccine spike protein goes into the body, close vaccine. It's not really a vaccine. When this shot of spike protein goes into the body. The body produces a response uh, to that specific spike protein. So if, if the virus, uh, the, if uh, the COVID virus then goes into the body, the only way it can really replicate well is if it's, if it's a, it's, it's not really uh, specific to that, uh, if it's a slight variant uh, to that vac- vaccine spike protein, then it can replicate easily. I see. Because it's not stopped by that spike protein, which causes a very specific response, not a more general response. All right. Uh, well, well, thank you for that, Jonathan. Um, and uh, so, so the so the vaccine, this quotes uh, Pfizer, Moderna, whatever vaccine, really helped the the variants to the uh, Delta variant, like to to replicate much faster because they're the only ones that that can replicate in the body of a vaccinated person. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, uh, thank you for that. Thank you for that. Okay. Input. All right. Take care. And thank you for Very calling good. in today. Thank you. All right. So we have another caller. Caller, you're on the air. Hey, uh, Scott. My name is Ray. Um, I appreciate taking my call. I just wanted to say one thing to you, and that is that you're still using the word liberal to describe um, opposition, and I think you really need to use the word left-wing because a liberal is somebody that supports free speech. A left-winger is somebody that opposes free speech. So I just want to try to encourage you to use the term left-wing in terms of our opponents instead of liberal. All right, that's a great point. Now, where are you calling? Ray, where are you calling from? I'm in Raleigh. Oh, Raleigh, North Carolina. Okay. Um, so you're you're basically saying that liberals actually have always been about free speech, and left wing uh, is the one that's actually intolerant of open free speech. Yes, our opponents that we have in America right now uh, oppose free speech. Basically, they're Marxist communists. Um, they have um, kind of taken power in our country, and um, I think the term liberal just isn't the right term. That was good in the 80s or something. But nowadays, we're really um, opposing a communist Marxist left-wing ideology that opposes the Bill of Rights, opposes freedom of speech. Um, so I just want to see if we can get you tuned into that instead of uh, liberal. The term liberal doesn't apply. I will make a note of it. I'll try. If I slip, I slip. But I'll try to... I, I uh, don't disagree with your point. I, I, uh, um, I appreciate your call. Do you have, any, have anything else you'd like to add? 
Uh, I've been watching the um, cyber symposium. Uh, there's been good information exchanged. I haven't really seen the compelling um, uh, cyber data that is supporting, um, you know, irrefutable proof. Um, so I'm very hopeful that I, I don't know what else will be revealed there, but I haven't really seen that. Um, I'm hoping that the audits um, really take hold and um, sweep the country. If we can have that, I think um, I think we'll be in a much better position as a civilization. If we don't do that, um, you know, the leftists um, are kind of in control and uh, doing everything they can to implement um, either Supreme Court packing or H.R. 1, Senate Resolution 1, um, to uh, kind of take over the country and um, in, in a way that um, it's not returned. There's no way to return from. So uh, it's a very difficult, troubling, scary time that we live in. Oh, absolutely. And I appreciate your, you know, I, I uh, sense that you're a very pragmatic type of person. I, I, I truly appreciate that as well. I think we don't get enough of that. Well, I listen to you every day on Red State Radio through the internet, and um, I don't miss your show. So, um, but it kind of really grinds my gears when I hear you say liberal. <laughs> I appreciate that. I'll try. I'll try to get that corrected. All right, thank you. We got another call coming in. I'm going to take it real quick. And thank okay, you. Okay, sir. Have a good day. Right, thank you. Take care. Uh, caller, you're on the air. Hey, uh, Scott, I, I was just, uh, uh, it's uh, Jeff, the uh, trucker Jeff. I, I just wanted to mention something. You were talking about the vaccines, and there's a phrase I didn't hear come up, and I'm not sure if you're a well-versed on it. I'm not, but there's something called antibody-dependent enhancement, and I was wondering if you were familiar with that uh, concept at all. Wow. Um I've heard the phrase, yeah, and I kind of know what it means. Say it again, anti antibody 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 dependent enhancement. Right. Now, the the idea there is and it's something that from what I understand knowledge is something that happens when when a a, uh, a vaccine doesn't work 100%, right? But if you drive down the virus low enough, that it's still able to mutate, right? So, um, so then what happens with with that is you, you that's where you're creating variants, and the and the thinking is that potentially is what the what Delta variant is. It's, it's created by people that have been vaccinated, but the virus has mutated and become this sort of Delta variant. Right. Okay. So then that, what does that do for us? Because, uh, you know, like I, I believe there is a correlation between the vaccine, vac- the high level of vaccinations and the new variants that we're having trouble with. And they're literally blaming the people that didn't get vaccinated for the problem or the unintended consequence of the vaccinated. It'll be the opposite. Because, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Right, it may exactly. very well be the. Yeah. And the, the, the problem there, uh, from what I understand, is with any coronavirus where they've tried to develop a vaccine, it's always been a problem. Right. 
uh, you know, from the things that I've read, even going back to the beginning of the COVID outbreak, there, we shouldn't be doing this, this mass vaccination project. Right. It would be right. better to get, it would have been better to, you know, inoculate the elderly and things like that and then, then use use other uh, treatments, uh, you, you know, well, like, like hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin or whatever on the rest of the population so that you wouldn't create this environment where you where you would spin off a bunch of mutations from the virus. That's that's their, the, the, the approach. What I, what I mean is the it seems the approach that they're taking, according to some scientists, the approach that they're taking is, is the exact wrong one. Because Absolutely. They're almost going I, to I, I couldn't agree with you more. In fact, after you get off right after we break up here, um, I am going to play a guy that is more supportive of herd immunity and natural antibodies. So um, we're going to take a listen to that. But thank you for calling in today. All right. Thanks, Scott. All right. Have take, a great show. Take care. All right. And uh, I think we are going to close up the phones uh, for today. We're having some trouble with the uh, phone system. Uh, it's, it's fluctuating the volume. Um, and uh, so I have to play a little bit of tech support while we're doing that and uh like right now my volume is probably a little bit better now but um in any case so we got to get we got to get a handle on our call-in system um and prioritize it so you heard some people mentioning about the cyber symposium and hoping that they can make their case you know because it's not enough about knowing that there is um you know we know that there is election fraud no doubt about it 100 percent guaranteed but we have to actually put together a good case because if you don't put together a good case, you could still lose the case. Um, and then we have to worry about, you know, what kind of money is involved? You know, who's, who are some of the financial backers? And, you know, some, there are some lists of characters that concern me. Like Patrick Byrne is a guy that concerns me a little bit. Um, you know, he's a guy that met up with George Soros not too long ago. And, uh, it's um, it's just concerning to me. These lifelong Democrat millionaires that seem to be infiltrating their way into being the puppet master to a lot of puppets within the Republican Party. And that is sort of like a maestro guiding a symphony. And he can guide a symphony into a wall if you're not careful. You could really um, control and regulate your adversaries if you can get money people to walk in and control, get something for their money. And to not expose themselves, they act like that they're the patriots. But what they are doing behind the scenes is controlling what is, how far you can go and what you can say and what you can do and that is very concerning. I think uh, Mike Lindell's heart is in the right place, but he's surrounded by a lot of people that he doesn't know. And um, and I hope that, you know, right now, from what I saw, he's definitely the boss over there, and he's definitely controlling the show. Um, and what's being presented is very compelling. But... What I'm seeing also trending is a lot of a lot of uh, 
discredit disinformation uh, from the liberals, or not from the liberals, from the radical left, <laughs> uh, from the left wing. And so what we have to do is is support Mike Lindell and what he's doing. He needs a bigger megaphone. He needs a bigger audience. And so we need to actually support him uh, because there's a lot of truth to what he's saying. I think it's true. But we got to help him make his case. I believe that all things are going to hinge on the AZ audit, first and foremost. What's taking them so long? I don't know. Are people being bought off? I don't know. But I suspect that there's some stuff going on. You don't hear from the left anymore. Um, It's almost like the deal's been done. And it concerns me. And I don't claim to know the answer to that. But we've been disappointed too many times when it came to groundbreaking, earth-shattering information. I mean, I don't understand why Ken Barnett was fired. And again, I, I need to know more. I'm not saying I know. What I am saying is I'm concerned about some of the things that are happening. And we got to be more aware and mindful of all these things. We're going to go ahead and take a listen to a couple of these sound clips now. And one of them is this guy talking about herd immunity. Let's take a listen. I think we are in a situation here with this current variant uh, where herd immunity is not a possibility because it still infects uh, vaccinated individuals. Um, and I suspect that what uh, the virus will throw up next is a, is a variant which is perhaps even better at transmitting in vaccinated populations. And so that's an even more of a reason not to be making a vaccine program around herd immunity. I, I don't think there's anything the UK can do to stop the emergence of new variants. They're going to happen. And uh, if anything, we need to focus now not on uh, what might stop new variants, because I, I don't think we have uh, any um, facility to control that. We need to focus on um, thinking about how do we prevent people dying or going to hospital. And I think this is uh, an enormously important thing to be um, thinking about today, because uh, this during the course of this week will be about 65,000 deaths um, in the world. We, we have now uh, over 4 billion doses deployed of the vaccines globally. And that is now enough doses to have prevented almost all of those deaths. And yet they, they are continuing. So when you think about what the UK strategy should be around variants, it, I, I don't think there's anything that we can do. But what we can do is play a more active role in the uh, the, uh, the global imperative, which is to stop people dying. And that means that making sure doses are going to the right people. See, I think what, what's actually being said here is that the vaccines were wrong because the vaccines inevitably lent itself to new variants. And the new variants prevent herd immunity because now we're dealing with another uh, need for herd immunity. But because the new variants are distinguished between vaccinated and non-vaccinated, we have a bit of a problem here where the scientists who got involved basically should never have actually rolled out these vaccines 
And in fact, they should have actually rolled out therapeutics like hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin would have been great solutions to help us not die from the virus and get antibodies in the process. Meaning you get infected with the virus, but you have a therapeutic that will save your life. You then take the therapeutic. Now you are left with the antibody. And then you get herd immunity. See, that's the key. And this guy is basically saying we can't even get to herd immunity now because of what the scientists have done with the vaccines. That the vaccines were wrong. Because the vaccines will not prevent you from getting the virus. But yet they're mutating the virus into something new. This is the problem that we're dealing with right now. And so let's take a listen to Dr. Redfield. And I eventually believe we are going to determine this, the bulk of evidence will be such that I personally think the answer will be that, unfortunately, this virus emerged as a consequence of experiments in a laboratory where the virus learned and was educated to infect human cells efficiently. And, and I- All right, so this is the former CDC director, Dr. Redfield. And I eventually believe we are going to determine this, the bulk of evidence will be such that I personally think the answer will be that, unfortunately, this virus emerged as a consequence of experiments in a laboratory where the virus learned and was educated to infect human cells efficiently. And, and I eventually believe we are going to determine this, the bulk of evidence. Yeah. So we're, we're going to go ahead and take a listen to... Um the sound clip right here, Dr. Dan Stock. You got to hear this. Dr. Dan Stock, uh, 5777 West 700 North McCordsville, Indiana. Um, to, to address your comment, geez, it's hard to believe we're 18 months into this and still having a problem. And I would suggest the reason we still have a problem is because we're doing things that are not useful and we're getting our sources of information from the Indiana State Board of Health and the CDC, who actually don't bother to read science before they do this. Um, I'm actually a functional family medicine physician. That means I am specially trained in immunology and inflammation regulation. And everything being recommended by the CDC and the State Board of Health is actually contrary to all the rules of science. So things you should know about coronavirus and all other respiratory viruses, they are spread by aerosol particles, which are small enough to go through every mask. By the way, the literature that supports all of that is in a flash drive that we presented to you. It's been given to the secretary. As a matter of fact, it quotes at least three studies (laughs) sponsored by the NIH to that exact fact, even though the CDC and the NIH have chosen to to ignore the very science that they paid to have done. Um, that is why you keep struggling with this, is because you cannot make these viruses go away. The natural history of all respiratory viruses is that they circulate all year long, waiting for the immune system to get sick through the winter or become deranged, as has happened recently with these vaccines, and then they cause symptomatic disease. Because they cannot be filtered out and they have animal reservoirs, and this is a very important point, no one can make this virus go away. The CDC has managed to convince everybody that we can handle this like we did smallpox, where we could make a virus go away. Smallpox had no animal reservoirs. The only thing it learned to infect was humans. That's why we were able to make that virus go away. That will not happen with this any more than it will with influenza, the common cold, respiratory syncytial virus, adenoviral respiratory syndromes, or anything else that has animal reservoirs. So the reason you can't do this is because you're trying to do something which has already been tried and can't be done. 
Equally important is that vaccination changes none of this, especially with this vaccine. And I would hope this board would start asking itself before it considers taking the advice of the CDC, the NIH, and the State Board of Health, why we are doing things about this that we didn't do for the common cold, influenza, or respiratory syncytial virus. And then ask yourself, why is a vaccine that is supposedly so effective having a breakout in the middle of the summer when respiratory viral syndromes don't do that? And to help you understand that, you need to know the condition that is called antibody-mediated viral enhancement. That is a condition done when vaccines work wrong, as they did in every coronavirus study done in animals on coronaviruses after the SARS uh, outbreak and done in respiratory syncytial virus, where a vaccine used in a vulnerable individual done the wrong way, which why cannot be done right for a respiratory virus, which has a very low pathogenicity rate, causes the immune system to actually fight the virus wrong and let the virus become worse than it would with native infection. And that is why you are seeing an outbreak right now. And in fact, in that flash drive you're going to have coming to you and in the emails with six extra, there will be a study showing that 75% of people who had COVID-19 positive symptom cases in Barnstable, Massachusetts outbreak were fully vaccinated. Therefore, there is no reason for treating any person vaccinated any differently than any person unvaccinated. You should also know that no vaccine, even the ones I support and would give to myself and my children, ever stops infection. In 2014, there was outbreak of mumps in the National Hockey League. The only people who came down the symptoms were the people who were unvaccinated or unknown vaccine status. Boy, that sounds like a great argument for vaccines. But a question that you should ask yourself, knowing that half of the people who came down with symptomatic disease had no contact with an unvaccinated or unknown vaccine status individual, where did they get the disease? And the answer was from the vaccinated individuals. No vaccine prevents you from getting infection. You get infected, you shed pathogen. This is especially true of viral respiratory pathogens. You just don't get symptomatic from it. So you cannot stop spread. You cannot make these numbers that you've planned on get better by doing any of the things you're doing because that is the nature of viral respiratory pathogens. And you can't prevent it with a vaccine because they don't do the very thing you're wanting them to do. And you will be chasing this the remainder of your life until you recognize that the Center for Disease Control and the Indiana State Board of Health are giving you very bad scientific guidance. And there you go. <laughs> bad scientific advice. And we got to stop listening to the CDC, I think, is really what the message is for, for this uh, point. And in any case, I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. Be sure to use Red State when you go about buying your pillows and supporting Mike Lindell and the Cyber Symposium. When you go and you buy your pillows, use the code word Red State. You'll save up to 65% off of all your, your products that you buy over there at MyPillow.com. And also be sure to check out MagaPack.org, BugleCall.org. Make a donation if you can. Visit scottadamshow.com for the latest podcast, and we'll see you next time. Grab a shovel, on the radio. Dig a hole a little deeper, just to bury my kids right up to there.